that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Not long ago, I was driving my truck down the road, and uh, I saw a church sign. It was one of these digital church signs, a very expensive church sign, by the way, and I could not believe what I saw. In fact, I turned around and took a picture of it. It was absolutely fascinating. It said, big letters, it said, pig roast. That's right pig roast at a church. Now here's my question. Would Jesus join you at your church pig roast? You know, people talk about knowing the Lord. You know, well, isn't it great to know the Lord? And yet, they don't even know how to properly feed him if he were a guest at their church. They're clueless about who Jesus really is. Now, listen, Jesus was a Jew. He kept the dietary laws found in your Bible. Yeah, that's right, dietary laws found in your Bible. You ever heard of those? You ever wonder why they're in there? Oh, they're in there so you can pay no attention to, right? Wrong. You see, offering Jesus pig meat would be an insult to him. It would be like walking up to him and just slapping him across the face if you offered him pig meat. Jesus would not join your church pig roast. I'm sorry, he would not join it. He wouldn't show up for it. Now, you know, Jesus had a problem with pigs. Did you know that? He really did. You know, he, Jesus never brought home a pot-bellied pig to play with. Never did that. Did you know that one time Jesus murdered 1,000 pigs? Yeah, killed them, killed them all. 1,000 filthy swine, he killed them all. Let's notice the story. <clears throat> In Matthew 8 and verse 30, and there was a good ways off from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him saying, if you cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. Now, <clears throat> Let me fill in some background here. First of all, there was a demon-possessed man who had many, many demons. In fact, he was absolutely crazy. He lived in the cemetery. He would run around naked. You ever met anybody like that? Well, I hope not. But anyway, he'd run around naked, cutting himself, and he lived in the cemetery. And I imagine the townspeople would probably listen late at night and hear him up there screaming and hollering and just, just ab absolutely out of his mind. Well, Jesus comes along and delivers this guy from his demon possession. And let's notice what happens when he did. Notice the rest of the story. He said, the, uh, the demon said, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And Jesus said, go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the water. 1,000 pigs ran off the edge of the cliff and perished in the water. 
Now, I don't know what it is about demons. They, they evidently want a, a host, either, I guess, supposedly, uh, probably they like a human host, but if they can't have that, they like an animal host. I guess they're looking for a warm body or something. I don't know. But uh, anyway, these pigs ran off the edge of the cliff, 1,000 of them. And I want you to notice how the people responded to Jesus because he did this. They were not a bunch of happy campers. Let's notice the rest of the story. Matthew 8, verse 33, And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything that was befallen the possessed of the devil. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Notice this. They came up to Jesus and they said, Hey, buddy, get out of here. We don't want you around here doing things like that anymore. Now, listen, why did they do that? Why did they respond that way? Well, listen, there's only one reason you would have 1,000 pigs. These were pig farmers raising pigs for human consumption. And the Bible says eating pig meat is an abomination. And I imagine Jesus probably thought it was funny. He just, you know, okay, look, we'll just cast these demons out into these pigs here and get rid of them, get rid of them you know. Now, you've got to understand what happened here. These people were angry because, and they asked Jesus, they said, leave our coast, get out of here, because he had just destroyed someone's livelihood. You know, I asked, you know, what did Jesus think about pigs? Well, he just destroyed a man's livelihood, Not probably several people together uh, raising these pigs. I mean, imagine if you, if you had a thousand head of cattle, now, cattles are clean beasts. We can eat those. But imagine if you had a thousand head of cattle and someone come along and just killed them all. I mean, they're thinking to themselves, what in the world are we going to do? We don't have no money. There goes our livelihood. You know, pigs floating in the ocean, feet up, straight up. That's, there's our money right there. And boy, they didn't like it. And they said, Jesus, get out of here. No, Jesus didn't think much of pigs, you know. So you may want to just think about this story next time you're invited to a church pig roast. And if you had someone in your church demon-possessed, and don't totally count that out, by the way, uh, Jesus would come along not to eat the filthy swine. He would come along to cast the demons out into the swine. Think about that next time you're invited to a church pig roast. Now, I don't know what it is. It seems like maybe, maybe it's a southern thing, okay? Maybe it's just a southern thing, but it seems like there is this obsession with pig meat in the south. I mean, you ever thought about, let me ask you a question. What part of the pig is not eaten? Could you tell me what part of the pig that you, you don't eat, or you can't eat? I mean, you got pig's feet, you got pig's tail, you got pig's, some of this stuff I can't even say, uh, not on this program, but it's pig, pig brains. It's pig everything. I mean, it's disgusting when you think about it. I mean, pig is in, it's in supermarkets, it's in bars, it's in school cafeteria. Yes, we're killing our kids. You know, it's in hospitals. I mean, you would think doctors would know better. You know, here, here's a hospital. You're trying to get better. And here, eat this. It will kill you. But go ahead and eat it. I mean, it's in homes, it's in restaurants, it's in private, uh, uh, private homes, it's in fast food chains. Now, I was brought up keeping the dietary laws. My parents basically said, look, God is concerned about your health, and he says, eat this, don't eat this. Eat, you can eat these, these meats are clean, these are unclean. 
And so I was brought up on the dietary laws. Now, the school I went to was, it had to be the most pig-infested school in the world. I mean, on Monday, you had pigs in the blanket. On Tuesday, you had hot dogs. On Wednesday, you had uh, pork barbecue. On Thursday, you had ham sandwiches. I think Friday might have been fish day, so it was one day I could actually eat. You know, I lost a lot of weight back then. But, uh, you know, I loved to eat, and I couldn't because, you know, everything they would serve was pig meat. It's like an obsession with it. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. Now, did you know that it is known to contain something called the pork worm throughout its entire body, which is transferred to humans when you eat its flesh? You ever heard of trichinosis? I mean, it's, it's, it's a disease, it's a worm that you can actually get and it lives inside of you that can cause all kinds of problems, serious problems like joint pain, um, you know, high blood pressure, you've heard that, you know, lay off the pork, it's high blood pressure, you know, it'll give you high blood pressure. Well, of course it will. Now, in the Bible, God makes a clear distinction between clean and unclean meats. That is, meats that are meant for hu human consumption and meats that are not meant for human consumption. And the ones that are not meant for human consumption are called scavengers. You have scavengers of the air, like the vulture. You have scavengers of the land, like the pig. You have scavengers of the water, bottom-dwelling fish, or like crabs or shrimp. And I don't know why you'd want to eat something called a shrimp, you know. Yeah, give me some shrimp. You know, I want to eat that shrimp. But these are all bottom dwellers, and their purpose, the reason God created them, was to be a scavenger, to clean up the earth, to clean up the sea, to clean up the land. They are scavengers, like a vulture. The vulture is a scavenger. You ever wonder why? You ever see, notice that someone told me that when you see a vulture, a bunch of vultures in a tree, the tree is always dead. You ever notice that? Now, the reason the tree is dead is because vultures, they they upchuck something uh, that comes up that is so deadly and poisonous that it kills, totally kills the tree. Just notice that next time you see a bunch of vultures in a tree and, and notice what kind of tree they're in. It is dead. I mean, completely dead. Now, you wouldn't eat a vulture, would you? Well, of course not. I mean, it's a scavenger. It, it's designed for a purpose, but it's not meant for human consumption. Now let's take a look at where these dietary laws are actually at in your Bible. Let's turn to look at Deuteronomy 14 and verse 2 and take a look at that. It says, For you are a holy people unto the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. You shall not eat any abominable thing. These are the beasts which you shall eat, and it begins to list a, a list of clean meats that you can eat, the ox, the sheep, the goat. And uh, it, it has a whole list there of clean uh, meats that you can eat. But then in Deuteronomy 14, verse 8, it says this. It says, also you may not eat pigs, never eat their meat or touch their dead bodies. Notice this. Don't eat it. Don't touch their dead bodies. Now I want to offer you something. And I'm not quite sure you have the courage to order it, but it's entitled, What's on Your Plate? You know, you call yourself a Christian, okay? You call yourself a Christian. Well, what's on your plate? Are you actually defiled before God and don't even know it? What's on your plate? And also, I'll send you a list of clean and unclean meats where you can easily separate the two. You know, my question is this, are you concerned about your health? 
Are you concerned about your health? Well, of course you are. Of course you are. You don't want to be sick, do you? You don't want to be unhealthy. I mean, why is it so hard to understand that Christ Jesus, God would come along, and because he is concerned about your health, would give you a set of dietary laws to live by? Why would that surprise anybody? Why would that shock anybody? Well, really, I don't know why it would. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Well, let's notice something else. Uh, this is actually before the dietary laws were actually given. This is, this is uh, something else here. Let's look at Genesis 7 and verse 2. This is about knowing the ark. And it says, Take on board with you seven pairs of every clean animal. Notice that, clean. And a male and a female. And one pair of every unclean animal. A male and female. Notice that. This is way before the dietary laws were even given or laid out in the Bible. And right from the get-go, this distinction between clean and unclean was given to mankind. Now, why the distinction? Well, just think about some of the incurable diseases that we have today, such as cancer. Do you think cancer could be diet-related? I really believe that it could be, it could, that it is, actually. I think because as a people, for the last 6,000 years, we have thumbed our nose up at God and said, I don't care what you say, God. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not keeping any type of dietary law. Because we have done that, we have so, from one generation to the next, weakened our immune system until we are acceptable to all of these incurable diseases, such as cancer. Now, that's my theory, but, you know, you are what you eat. Okay, you are what you eat. And much of the sickness today is diet-related. Now, what I want to do now is look at the scriptures that people love to use to say, oh, we don't have to do that. Or that's for somebody else. The dietary laws found in your Bible, here's some of the excuses that people love to use. This first one is called Peter's Vision, where all of these, you know, unclean beasts are in a big sheet that comes down from heaven and he hears a voice, Peter hears a voice that says, rise, kill and eat. Well, let's notice what Peter's response was. Was Peter's response, oh boy, I get to eat all that filthy you know, unclean scavengers. Let's see what his answer was, what his response was. Acts 10 verse 14, but Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God has cleansed, that call not thou common or unclean. So, so many people take this and they say, you see, God cleansed all the unclean meats. No, not so. Anybody uh, that knows anything about the Bible, any preacher that knows anything about the Bible, will tell you, no, this is not about food at all. It's about salvation being offered to the Gentiles. Because the Jews looked at the Gentiles as unclean. They wouldn't sit at the same table. You know, the Jews wouldn't sit at the same table with the Gentiles. And they viewed them as, a, as unclean. And so God had to get it through the thick head that you don't call any man common or unclean. Now, let's notice what Peter's ultimate conclusion was. He came to a conclusion, was it, I can eat anything I want to eat. I can eat scavenger meat. Was that his conclusion? Let's take a look at what the Bible really says. Acts 10 and verse 28. 
And he said to them, you know how that it is unlawful and an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. How did God show him that? Through that vision of the unclean beast coming down from heaven. God has shown me that I shouldn't call any man common or unclean. This scripture is about salvation going to the Gentiles. It's not about what you can and cannot eat. Next verse people love to use is found in uh, 1 Timothy uh, 4 and verse 3. And it says, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. You know, people say, you see, that's what you're doing. You're, 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 you're saying we should abstain from certain meats. You know, that's what people say of me. You know, but let's, let's continue on and see what the rest of it says. Uh, commanding to abstain from meats, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving, thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. What I understand is this, that there are meats that God has created to be received with thanksgiving. And the reason I know that is because I believe and know the truth about what's in your Bible when it comes to the dietary laws. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if you don't know anything about your Bible, and you didn't even know that there's a set of laws like the dietary laws even existed, well, then you don't know the truth. But there are those, those uh, dietary laws in your Bible. Let's continue on and read the rest of this. In uh, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 4, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. How many times have I heard someone say, All i got to do is just pray over this possum. I'll just pray over this possum and it becomes clean. No, no, that's not what it's saying. It's not. Notice it says, Nothing to be refused, for it is sanctified. That word means set apart by the word of God. Now, where would you go to find a list of meats, clean and unclean, that have been set apart, these you can eat, these you cannot eat, by the word of God? Well, we just read it. It is the dietary laws. So, meats that have been identified as clean and meant for human consumption are not to be refused. You can eat those. You say grace over them. You say, bless this food. It doesn't mean you can say grace and bless a, a, uh, a rat right before you eat it. No, that's not what it's talking about. No, absolutely not. The next verse that people love to use is the statement that Jesus made. Let's take a look at it. Mark 7 and verse 15. There's nothing from without a man that enters him into him can defile him. But the thing which comes out of him, these are the things that defile the man. What's Jesus talking about? Is he talking about eating food or eating? No, he's not even talking. The, the emphasis that he's talking about is what's in your heart, what comes out from the heart. That's what defiles you. People look at this and you say, you see, Jesus, he cleansed all the meat right here. Let's continue on, read the rest of it. And he said to them, Are you also without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without enters into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it enters into his heart, because it enters not into his heart, excuse me, 
but into his belly and goes out into the draught, purging all meats. And again, people will say, well, you see, Jesus cleansed all meat. That's, that's not what it's saying. That's not, what it's saying is this, that God designed the human body in such a way that if you eat something unclean, like if you, if you eat something without washing your hands, your body is built in such a way that it can handle that. You're not going to drop dead because you eat with unwashed hands. But he is not saying that your body can cleanse scavenger meats. It's not saying that, that your body is built in such a way that it can cleanse these unclean animals, these scavenger. If you eat a vulture, it can cleanse it. It's not what the Bible is saying. If your body could cleanse all meats, then why did God give us the dietary laws? Why did he separate clean and unclean if your body can cleanse all meats? Looks like he would have just said, eat anything you want to, Forget about separating clean from unclean. Just your body is built in such a way that it can cleanse all meats. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. So people blow this all out of proportion. They take that verse of Jesus and they say, you see, he cleansed all meats. No, he didn't. No, he did not. <clears throat> First of all, who is Jesus Christ? Well, he is the God of the Old Testament. Who gave us the dietary laws? Well, the one that you know as Jesus Christ. Who created mankind? Well, the one that we know as Christ Jesus, the God of the Old Testament. Who created the animals? Again, same response. Who separated clean from unclean? Well, the God of the Old Testament, Christ Jesus. And who comes along and says, I change not? Christ Jesus says, I don't change. I don't give you a law and then all of a sudden decide, oops, uh, that doesn't apply. You know, listen. There are, there are no bad laws. The law of God is for your benefit. It's so that you may live long on the land. It's so that you may prosper. It's so that you may be healthy. It's so that you may enjoy life. That's the purpose of God's law. And to take that and to think, oh no, that's not, that's not necessary. It's ridiculous. Now, let me tell you something. Maybe you've never heard this stuff before about the dietary laws, but let me, let me warn you. Don't ask your preacher about this. <clears throat> He'll give you 101 reasons why you don't have to keep the dietary laws. But believe me, I'm telling you the truth. You know, preachers are good at, sort of like that song, you ever heard that song, I'm good at drinking beer? You know, I may not be good at many things, but I am good at drinking beer. Well, a lot of preachers are good at trying to convince you why the Bible doesn't mean what it says. Why you don't have to do that. Preachers are good at that. They, they can pull out proof texts and a scripture here and a scripture there and try to tell you, oh no, you don't have to do any of that. It's all done away with, nailed to the cross. That's for the Jews. That's for Joe down the street. You know, it's, it's not for us. Preachers are really good at trying to prove why you don't need to do what the Bible says. They're good at disproving what the Bible says, actually. Now, let me ask you a question. Does your God, yeah, your God, the one you serve, does he even have a will? When's the last time God asked you to do anything different than you're doing now? Does your God even have a will? Does he have, well, maybe a better question is, does he have the authority in your life to get you to change? Are you willing to submit to that authority? You know what the Bible says? 
The Bible says your body is the temple of God. Get that. Your body is the temple of God. Notice this. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 17. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Your body is the temple of God. Did you know that? Now I want to ask you in conclusion here what this scripture is doing in the Bible. Isaiah 66 and verse 15. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh and the slain of the Lord shall be many. Get the setting. This is the return of Jesus Christ to this earth to establish the kingdom of God on this earth. Christ is returning. And notice what he says next. Isaiah 66, verse 17. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the garden behind one tree in the mist, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouth shall be consumed together, says the Lord. Why is that in the Bible? Christ returns. And he says, people doing this, eating the mouse, eating swine's flesh, I will consume. Consumed is not good. When God says, I, you know, you will be consumed, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. So, would Jesus join you at your church pig roast? No. No, he wouldn't. He would not join you. And this talks about a day when people who have defiled themselves eating swine's flesh and the mouse will be consumed. You know, it's a strange thing. If your doctor said, you know, you need to lay off that pork because you got high blood pressure. For some reason, we'll believe our doctor. I've heard people say, oh, yeah, my doctor said I shouldn't eat that. I, I quit eating that long ago because my doctor said I shouldn't eat it. But if the greatest physician in the universe says, don't eat it, we won't listen to him. Well, let me tell you something. The greatest physician in the universe has said and has told you, don't eat that. Clean and unclean. You eat these scavenger animals, you are defiled. You have defiled your temple. You have defiled your body. If you keep my dietary laws, you know, which is for your health, which is for your own good, which is for your benefit, it's so that you may live long on the land. Choice is yours. Choice is yours. Does God have the authority to tell you what to do? It's just, a, you know what's the issue? It's an issue of whether you will submit or not submit. It's an issue of unconditional surrender. It's an issue of will I obey God or not? That's what it's the issue of. And that's what's really in your Bible. Are you concerned about your personal health? Is God, the creator and designer of the human body, concerned about your health? Are there instructions in the Bible that is directly related to your personal health? When it comes to your personal health, God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. And the one thing that you can do for yourself is to follow God's dietary laws. Order your free copy of What's on Your Plate. 
to get a better understanding of the foods that may be destroying your health. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com.